The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. The inevitable has happened. Manchester United have, in the last 90 minutes, fired Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The collapse against Liverpool, the outclassing against Manchester City, both took him near the edge. But the humiliation yesterday at the hands of Watford crossed the line. An emergency board meeting was called last night. It was made official this morning. One of the biggest clubs in the world is now looking for a new boss. Ole is no longer at the wheel. But let's get some post-match reaction immediately after that defeat yesterday from the manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, after we've heard from goalkeeper David De Gea. David, what can you say after another heavy defeat? Well, there's not, not much, much to say. I think it was embarrassing, to be honest, uh, to see Manchester United play like, like we did today. Uh, I think it's not acceptable, to be honest. Uh, the way we are doing the things, uh, the way we are playing. Uh, of course, now it's easy to say the, the manager, the staff, uh, but I think it's, it's sometimes it's the players. We have we are professional players. We are playing for for Manchester United, so we need to show more, much more than we are we are doing. In particular, in that first half, Manchester United was so poor. What was the problem? Yeah, yeah it was uh, like I say, embarrassing first half. Uh, we could concede four goals in, in in 45 minutes, so it was. It was hard to, to watch the, the, the team playing like like today. I think it's a nightmare after nightmare again for a long time, so it's, that's not acceptable. Could you believe how poor you were in the first half? David De Gea said to us it was embarrassing. Yeah, first half was very, very poor. And we need to uh, get the players in a better frame of mind to start the game because second half, when they, it seems like they've got nothing to lose. They're, uh, they're playing well. They play well second half. So, I mean, you, you know you've come off of awful results. Yeah. Why weren't the players in the right frame of mind? Well, What's that's... wrong there? Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry for, uh, for smiling there, but that's, you know, that's human beings. And uh, uh, I've got to say, uh, you're surprised because all these, all these lads, good lads, top players, top professionals, there's, um, of course... When it's not going for you, it's going against you, and that's it's hard for uh, to play with with that uh, call it mental uh, mental break. Second half, you we come out nothing to lose. They played fantastically, scored loads of it, or scored a good goal, created chances. But of course, it's uh, it wasn't enough. But did the individual errors continue? The Harry Maguire one, which led to his second yellow, is that typical of the errors these top class players are making at the moment? Yeah, you know. That's a, it's a yellow card. It's a bad touch and a yellow card. But 
the first yellow card should never have been because he's off. The boy is offside. So, but that's nitpicking. But that's uh, that's for another day. Because uh, uh, when lads are offside and you you get a book in, that should be looked at as well. Uh, anyway, it's um, it was a mistake, and that's uh, we had the. Uh, the upper hand in the second half, we pressed them back. I thought we played well for another five, ten minutes after that, but then uh, energy died and they, they scored two goals to finish the game off. You said before today you were hoping this would be the yeah. start of something, a yeah. run. It's not. It's the continuation yeah. of a terrible run. Yeah. Where do you go from here? No, it's, it's a definite, uh, definite uh, big, big challenge for everyone. Everyone in and around the club. Uh, so that's uh, that's the big question. And that's uh, not for here and now. That's five defeats out of the last seven league games. Yeah. Would you understand if the board decided to make a change? Well, I'm working for and with the club, and I've done that. I've been there for 18 years, and of course, I'm. Uh, we've got a good communication, and if if the club uh, are thinking about doing something, that's uh, that's a conversation between us and not you and me. I understand what you're saying, but yeah. with those statistics for Manchester United, is that acceptable? The results are not uh, good enough, we know that. Uh, we've gone 30 games unbeaten away from home. Now we'll lose two on the bounce, conceding four goals in both of them. So, of course, something's wrong. What was behind your gesture when you went across to the fans? You put your hands up at the end. No, what was I, the thought? I feel for the fans and I feel with the fans and I'm, I feel the, the same as them. It's... Uh, we're embarrassed losing uh, the way we do. We know we've been, we are in a in a very bad run, a bad situation. But that's part of football, and I know they'll support the team and whoever's uh, on the pitch every single day. And then sometimes you've got to say sorry, and that was a, a sorry for the uh, performance. How concerned are you, Ollie, about your position? You know the manager carries the can. Yeah. You're yeah. not turning it around, and the performances are not acceptable. You know, that's uh, that's not for me to um, to worry about. I work as hard as I can, as well as I can, with the staff I've got, incredible staff. As I said, good top people, good professional players. Uh, but at the moment, we're not getting the results. So I understand your question. So um, that's, uh, but as I said, I'm not going to discuss that with, uh, with you here and now. How low are you feeling right now? Well, I've... Very, to put it that way. Appreciate your time, Ollie. Cheers. That is a difficult interview to watch. The emergency board meeting then took place a couple of hours after that interview. And then at 5.30 Eastern this morning, United issued this statement. Manchester United announces that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has left his role as manager. Oli will always be a legend at Manchester United. And it is with regret that we have reached this difficult decision. While the past few weeks have been disappointing, they should not obscure all the work he has done over the past three years to rebuild the foundations for long-term success. Oli leaves with our sincerest thanks for his tireless efforts as manager and our very best wishes for the future. His place in the club's history will always be secure, not just for his story as a player, but as a great man and a manager who gave us many great moments. He will forever be welcomed back at Old Trafford as part of the Manchester United family. Michael Carrick will now take charge of the team for forthcoming games while the club looks to appoint an interim manager to the end of the season. That is a very interesting point there at the end. So there putting Michael Carrick in charge as interim, interim. Then they look for an interim manager after Carrick for the rest of the season. We're going to talk about that shortly. But, Tim, what lost him the job? The Watford game, purely? 
No, uh, no, because there was a statement that, you know, or certainly a rumored statement that he had three games to save his job a, a few games back. That was always a false statement because this, this situation clearly has been fluid. The manner in which you lose football matches, though, we have to remember these owners are human. They see things. They feel things. They feel emotion. And what we saw yesterday was a straw that broke the camel's back. It was the fans turning on Ollie, turning on the team. His players basically turning on him in a sense. But I, I, know, I know Bruno had a nice little gesture there, but it was empty. You know, your, your captain gets sent off. That's irresponsible. We've seen that before. So the manner in which they lost forced the board's hand. Let's show you those pictures. You mentioned the gesture mm. from Bruno Fernandes. What happened at the end of the game, Robbie, was yeah. that he went over, he told his players to go over and clap the fans after that 4-1 defeat at Watford. And there he yeah. is coming through his players. Mm -hmm. He claps the fans. He also holds his hands up, as he talked about in the interview. That was his sorry yeah. to the fans, his apology. You can see Bruno behind mm. him. We're going to show you it from another angle as well because Bruno is listening to the boos. The first time, I have to say, I yeah. think, having watched United Games, that he has been booed by the fans that absolutely adore him. Here's the other angle. Bruno is basically saying, no, no, he's wagging his finger. No, do not boo, Ollie. he's saying. It is us, the players. It is us, the players, who should take the blame. Do not boo the manager. Boo us, the players. So when away fans, Robbie, turn on a manager in yeah. football, it's over, isn't There's it? There's nowhere to go. That, Rebecca, was the moment I realised Ollie is no longer in, in this job. When, Gunnar, when things aren't going well for Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United, there's silence. Silence for everybody else will be booze. There was booze yesterday for the first time. Let's remember this is a, a, a team recently against Liverpool where people walked out mm. of the stadium at half-time because they didn't want to boo the manager. And that's the reason why this felt like something more. This felt like a step further than we've gone before. And I go back to the question that, that you said, what lost him the job? What lost this guy the job is that the only credentials he had for the job was that he scored a brilliant goal in 99 that won him a Champions League final. That's the only credential he had the job. So you go against Tuchel, you go against Klopp, you go against uh, Pep. Category A, top class, technical, tactical coaches. And this guy scored a great goal in the Champions League. Mm. That is what lost him his job. And that is why so many Manchester United fans this morning are so sad and so saddened at what has happened uh, and the fact that he, in the end, had to go. Questions about Solskjaer, yes, have been asked and now at least we can move on. But questions surely, Tim, have to be asked as well about the hierarchy at Manchester mm -hmm. United, making the decisions they have made. Because it feels like from that statement, Carrick is in charge for two games, then mm. we're going to get another interim manager. Mm. It feels like they've almost been blindsided and they have no plan, would you agree? I would agree. I, I, it, it, feels, it feels like we just got off of a two-week international break. There was a, a, a three... Three games to save your job. This has kind of been coming. Now they, they've sacked him okay. But to put Carrick in, in charge for two games, they're obviously, they know who they want as the interim manager. They're just obviously trying to figure, figure out details and get, get them on board. But by the way, that's a hefty, hefty job because the guy they want clearly is six months away. In that six months or however long it is, they have to qualify for Champions League because if they don't, the guy they want isn't coming to the football club. Yeah. So this, this still is, feels a little bit sticky to me. Do you think the guy they want you're talking about is Pochettino? That seems like the right fit for me. Get, he, if he gets through this season with, with PSG, they go, I think he's a brilliant fit. I think he's a fantastic manager. It, the, this team is quality. They have quality within the ranks 
They need fresh ideas. Tactically, certainly from a technical standpoint as well, they have that. Let's just talk about the man that comes back because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has lost his job because of what we've seen on the pitch, and that falls in his lap. There's a lack of structure. There's a lack of joined-up thinking at this football club that falls on the lap of the ownership and the executives who run the football club. If you go and get the right man with this same structure, he will fail. This football club has to start to build the things behind a manager that's so important. Like what, Rob? Like your technical director, like your scouting system. Manchester United go and buy some great individual players. And guess what? Now and then they play like a great a, a team with great individuals who have moments. They don't play like a team because that joined-up thinking isn't there. When, when all the top managers now have their people, have their guys with them, they go together and they know the profile of the players that they want and they build something that, that's going to last. Manchester United is a week-to-week kind of uh, experiment. Technical director right now is Darren mm. Fletcher. Yeah. Michael Carrick is the caretaker manager for two games. Mm. Are there too many legends? Are they too stuck in the Sir Alex Ferguson era? Mm. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um... You know, what I, what, what I, what I hear Robbie saying is, is exactly right. There needs to be a top world-class manager, and you talked about Pep mm. and Klopp mm. and Tuchel. Mm. They come into a football club, and they say, before they even sign the papers, they say, this is what I need to be successful. This is how my teams play. These are the players I want to target, and they do it. They put it in place, and they have a plan. That's what they need, and that's why I think if you can get a Pochettino, mm. he has those ideas. This, this thing around, around, like you say, the players around – the players around the football club, and, and I mean this in no disrespect to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he should be showing people around as, as an ambassador in, 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 the, in the suites upstairs. He shouldn't be managing this football club based on the, the reason he's got the job is that he scored a famous goal. Thomas Tuchel's probably never been in the King's Road, never even been to Chelsea for, for a day out, yet goes into that football club and in six months turns them around and wins a, ta- wins a Champions League. Which tells you, Robbie, that the season is salvageable. They have Correct. 26 games left, two in the Champions League. Why don't they try and go and get the man that they want in the summer now? The, because the man who they want will probably be in work. But... But can't you get him out? I don't can't they feel, pay? I, I'm with you... Like, we keep saying the best option. This is the biggest job in English football. It's one of the biggest club jobs in world football. Go and get the best, the, the best manager to go in. And if that's Pochettino, go to PSG, knock their door down, offer them 50 million if that's what it's going to take, and get Pochettino but, to come into your football club. Agreed. They're up against it now. Look at the situation they're in. They named the interim interim. The guy they want is just sitting back rubbing but his hands together. The decision they make... Coming up, Rebecca, is huge for this football club. Which it's one? Huge. The, 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 after the interim, interim, After the interim. The guy who the, we, we say, oh, he's now the next okay. senior manager going forward because it's eight years since they won the last title. They're nowhere near winning one now. They get this wrong, we start going into 10, 11, 12 years without a title. Things start to change at this football club. But is Maurizio Pochettino at the level of a Guardiola, a Klopp and a Tuchel, the other three bit yeah, of the big four who are all yeah. delivering. They're, they're category A. Conte goes into that category as well. Pochettino's category A-, minus, but right now, I think, with what he's done, knowing the league, his development of players, I think he's the best option you've got to go and get to be the next Manchester United manager. What do you think Cristiano Ronaldo's thinking right now? Wow. I, I'm thinking he probably has a lot of say in what's actually going on, whether it was what just happened or what's about to happen. Um, and I think rightfully so. He, he, is, he is charismatic. He has that personality. Clearly, he 
run, he will run that dressing room. I, I'm certainly hoping that the, the powers be, they don't have to bow down to him and, and, and get exactly what he wants, but certainly he should be listened to because we forget, we talk about too many players from, from yesteryear and, and Sir Alex Ferguson era. Mm. This is someone who won everything and did it with Manchester United, so he should be listened to. And the clock's ticking for Cristiano Ronaldo. This year, next year, probably that's it. Mm. He wants it now, Rebecca. Do you think the other players will be relieved this morning? Yeah. I think Ollie will be relieved. I actually think, deep down, he's, he's an honest Manchester United man, and this is the best decision for the football club. Yeah, the players will be relieved because I think players will always look for an excuse, myself included when I played, and this is an excuse for them. They've let the manager down, but now the spotlight is on who? Not the players, on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Let's take you to our commentary team at the Etihad, who will be Jim Beglin alongside Peter Drury. So lovely to talk to you, chaps. And I know you're going to talk about this game in a second, but I have to start by asking for both of your opinions on the departure this morning, the big news of the weekend, the firing of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, Rebecca, for Manchester United and, and Oli, obviously Liverpool was bad enough, Manchester City was bad enough, but obviously losing to one of the relative small fry in the way they did yesterday was just too much. So, Jim, for Ollie, sad but surely inevitable. Yeah, it is sad. Um, he, he's a club legend, but I don't think he had the managerial credentials from, from day one. That wasn't there. And I can remember before his first game as interim manager away to Cardiff, he wanted a team of Sir Alex's ilk, the one he played in, that was exciting, um, entertaining, um, attacking, courage, risk-taking. We never really saw that team. And if there was any identity he created, it was defence and, and counter-attack for a while. But, but ultimately, I don't think he has the authority that the big managers in, in this league have. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame, club legend, but, you know, it had to be done. We are joined now, I'm delighted to say, from Tottenham Stadium by our Premier League insider, David Ornstein. David, I'm just going to hand it over to you. Please fill in the gaps. It's been fired. What else do we need to know? Yeah, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is gone now from Manchester United. It was a decision that was taken on Saturday evening UK time. We were all up round the clock, so apologies if I've got bags under my eyes. But they were talking this through. The end, though, was nigh. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer pretty much knew when uh, his team was so thoroughly beaten at Watford yesterday that he was going to be sacked. He, as I understand it, had been warned that he needed to produce a performance and or a result at Watford uh, if he was going to hang on to his job. They gave him the international break to see if he could produce a turnaround just after it, but it wasn't the case. Not only was the performance terrible, but the result was really damaging as well. And I've spoken to people around the club who say that uh, in the aftermath of that defeat he said his goodbyes to players now those players weren't entirely sure if that meant goodbye for the night or goodbye for his tenure and it proves to be for his tenure he went into Carrington United's training ground this morning we understand that he is actually still there uh, probably just putting the finishing touches to all the termination agreements and he will be gone and it leaves uh, now Michael Carrick his assistant a former Manchester United and England player in charge for the coming weeks and we'll come on in a little bit to talk about what they might do after 
it brings to an end a tumultuous reign, a real roller coaster for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Many felt that he should never have been given the job in the first place. He was only an interim in December 2018 when he came in, and he did enough to earn himself the job on a permanent basis. Memorably, that away win in the Champions League to Paris Saint-Germain. I think Manchester United's board were caught on a tidal wave of euphoria because initially they said they wanted to conduct a full and thorough recruitment process. They didn't. They gave it to the club legend. And at times he rewarded them. He's improved their Premier League finish each season. He's led them to, I think, four semi-finals of cup competitions. He got them to the Europa League final just last season. But they lost that to Villarreal, a match they really should have won. By which point he was already on that permanent contract. He then got another contract in July, which was the ultimate sign that United were building around him. It took him until 2024 with the option of a further year. His assistant, Mike Feeling, got a new deal as well. The other assistants were in talks over new contracts themselves. And crucially, they had backed him in the transfer market with the signings of Rafael Varane, Jadon Sancho and crucially Cristiano Ronaldo. But I don't know how much strategy was behind those deals, especially Cristiano. Ronaldo was it just a plaything for the owners and that's where the scrutiny will come now the Glazer family the hierarchy Ed Woodward Matt Judge Richard Arnold and others in that small sanctum that is leading the biggest club in their opinion in world football they've fallen so far behind their own standards so far behind the rivals that they want to be competing with look at the managers that those clubs have appointed and then look at Manchester United's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had failed at Cardiff he had managed Mulder and he had won no trophies in his time at Manchester United. They've not won a trophy full stop since 2017. We spoke in an editorial meeting at NBC before this season started and you guys said to me, what needs to happen for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer this season? I said he needs to win trophies. If that wasn't in sight, he was always going to be dismissed. It's not in sight at the moment, but could they salvage it before the season ends? David, we're going to talk in a second about who may come in. I will ask you that in a moment. But you mentioned the Glazer family and the structure of the hierarchy. The sadness being felt right now by all Manchester United fans. Do you think that could turn to anger? Could we see more protests in the coming weeks against the Glazer family? Well, the protests were as pretty much as high as they could have been previously around the European Super League attempts that Manchester United, as we understand it, were at the forefront of. The resentment from the Manchester United fan base in the majority, I would say, towards the Glazer family dates back to their takeover in 2005, which was debt leveraged. And the ownership have taken dividends pretty much each year from Manchester United without repaying the debt. So I don't think anything that the Glazer family do will ever improve their standing with the fan base, despite attempts, especially Joel Glazer, since the collapse of that attempted Super League, has made with the fan base is pretty much broken. What they want to see is a winning team. I don't think the protests necessarily will get much more vociferous, and I think Manchester United would put the security in place to make sure that at least doesn't happen at match days. But the scrutiny is really on them now, and especially Joel Glazer, who, make no mistake about it, is the man in charge here. He held the ultimate decision-making power in, in the call to remove Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. 
Ed Woodward is meant to be leaving. He is their lieutenant on the ground here. That was announced in the spring. He's meant to be leaving at the end of the year. We haven't heard that for sure, and we haven't heard anything about his replacement, who we think will be Richard Arnold. So it's a particularly delicate time, and the Manchester United fan base, their investors, will not take much more of this mediocrity. Yes, their revenues have been increasing, and so if that's the Glazers' focus, then they'll be satisfied. But I think it should really be the football. And when I speak to executives at fellow Premier League clubs at rivals, they see a structure at Manchester United that may have improved in the last couple of years, but it's not at the elite level of your Liverpools, Manchester Cities, uh, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Juventuses, and so on. And that's the top table that United want to be focusing on. So if we throw it over to candidates, well, who knows? They've got to do an interim. They've said they'll do an interim, and I'm not sure that's the right idea for, until the end of the season. But then comes the big decision next summer, and it needs to be a world-class manager. Do you think the likes of Zinedine Zidane, Pochettino, all these names that have been thrown in, that there'll be one from that group of, of names, David? Well, they've missed the boat on the likes of Antonio Conte, who has taken over here at Tottenham, but I don't think they would have gone for him anyway, Manchester United. Thomas Tuchel in the past, um, Maurizio Pochettino, I don't know if I said Conte or, or Pochettino, but anyway, they've missed both of them in recent times. And Pochettino, I'm told, is really the apple of Manchester United's eye, and that's one they will keep a watching brief on. We don't know how happy he is at Paris Saint-Germain. Could he be got out of there in the summer and uh, brought to Old Trafford. He is bringing his Paris Saint-Germain team to the Northwest this coming week in the Champions League. I don't know if they'll be able to talk to him on that occasion. There are others in world management, like Eric Ten Hag is doing a great job at Ajax. And we're hearing sort of some rumours developing around Luis Enrique, who of course did so well with Barcelona and is now the Spain manager. Interim solutions, Rebecca, I just don't know what they plan to do with that. And I think it could end up just being Michael Carrick until the end of the season. But why say we're going to go for an interim solution? Why not say we're putting Michael Carrick in charge and we'll conduct a thorough recruitment process? I think they've left themselves a bit of a hostage to fortune there. And that, again, points towards a Manchester United that maybe doesn't really know its identity and its structure. And they'll be desperate to claw that back. They may lean on the likes of Sir Alex Ferguson once again because they are desperate to get back to the halcyon days of Ferguson. But one thing I think they need is a top-to-bottom rebuild. They need to start from scratch, identify the right candidates and build at every single level of the club. But the Glazers and the powerful people below them, they need to relinquish some power to the person they appoint. Until this point, they haven't wanted to do that. That's why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was perfect, because he didn't challenge their authority. Something needs to change. And in the summer, whether it's a Zidane, whether it's an Enrique, whether it's a Pochettino, they need to back their man. And that man will need to bring Manchester United back to the top of world football. Otherwise, there will be trouble. Incredible stuff, as always, from our Premier League insider, David Ornstein. Thank you very much, David. We will speak to you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
let's just recap the big story of the weekend, and that is the firing this morning, about 90 minutes before we came on air. It got released about 5.30 Eastern. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fired as manager of Manchester United after that humiliating 4-1 defeat at Watford yesterday. Emergency board meeting was called last night. Decision was made officially this morning. He is on his way. Michael Carrick will take charge of the next two games in the Champions League and in the Premier League against Chelsea next weekend before they then look for an interim manager until the end of the season. So the statement that came out at 5.30 Eastern this morning read like this. Manchester United announces that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has left his role as manager. Ole will always be a legend at Manchester United and it is with regret that we have reached this difficult decision. While the past few weeks have been disappointing, they should not obscure all the work he's done over the past three years to rebuild the foundations for long-term success. Ole leaves with our sincerest thanks for his tireless efforts as manager and our very best wishes for the future. His place in the club's history will always be secure, not just for his story as a player, but as a great man and a manager who gave us many great moments. He will forever be welcomed back at Old Trafford as part of the Manchester United family. Michael Carrick, they say, will now take charge of the team for forthcoming games, while the club looks to appoint an interim manager to the end of the season. And in the last hour, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done a parting interview with the in-house television channel Manchester United TV. You know what I mean. What this club means to me, and what I wanted to achieve here, I, for for the club, for the fans, for the players, for the staff, I wanted wanted us to take the next step to challenge for the for the league, to win trophies, and I only think it's right that uh, it comes from the horse's mouth. Uh, I don't want to answer all them uh, there's going to be journalists asking me about uh, interviews no I'm not going to do any interviews I want to get it out there I'm going to leave the fr- uh, out the front door and because I think everyone knows I've given everything for this club the cl- club uh, means everything to me uh, and together we're we're a good match but uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't uh, get the results uh, that we needed and um, it's time for me to step aside. Three years, almost, well, very nearly three years you've been in charge. When you look back, are you, are you proud? Oh, very, very proud. Of course, it's, it's one of those things that you dream of in your life. That you've, when, you're, when you've been a player, uh, you've been a reserve team coach, your next... Job then is the only dream and the only thing that you you haven't done is to manage the club and I I have now and it's been it's been a ball it's been absolutely uh, enjoyable from first to the last minute so I've got to got to thank all the players because since I came in thank they've been the top lads top people some have come some have gone uh, but all of them. Uh, They've, they've been such an uh, enjoyable bunch to work with. Uh, of course, uh, first of all, I, well, I, I want to thank, thank the board and the, the owners as well to give me the opportunity because that's it's not for everyone. And I've had the, the opportunity and I'm so uh, honoured and privileged to have been, been trusted to take the club forward. And I really hope that uh, I leave it in a better state uh, than when I came. And I made... Great friends. I've reconnected with some great friends. Uh, new new staff coming in. Uh, I've become really good friends with the other staff that was here when I was there. We've good friends and we we've connected. And that is um, that's what it's about at a club like this, with the fans. 
Because the fans have been amazing from day one at Cardiff till till the last one now. So top, and we'll see each other again. What about rebuilding the squad? If we talk about the squad that you walked into three years ago and the squad that you're sadly leaving now, um, do you look at that and say, well, there you can see the improvement? Well, I've, as I've said many times in interviews, uh, I've been backed. The the board and the owners they've, they've backed me in. In bringing good people in, good players in, and it's something I'm, as I, as I said, I think that I'm leaving this club, or I know I'm, I leave this club with a better squad. The environment is fantastic. It's it's an environment I'm proud of leaving because you have to enjoy coming in here, working, and uh, don't want to preempt anything, but uh, the. Two times I've left Molde, they won the league the year after. So all the best whoever takes over, that's the, the expectations. Yeah, the platform, well, the platform is there. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, there's potential in this club. We all love the club and we all want to, to see it uh, continue. Nice to see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer there with a smile on his face. We are racking our brains as to whether we can remember another time that a manager has given a farewell interview, mm. having been fired that morning. Your reaction to him giving an interview is what, Rob? Um... Surprised. Uh, I think he got the job in unique circumstances and it's ended in unique circumstances. I think we've seen maybe a retirement um, conversation with maybe a Sir Alex or an Arsene Wenger, but not anyone who's ever lost their job. And kind of smacks about why we are where we are, Rebecca. Because this guy's a legend of the football club, they're treating him differently than they would any other manager. Didn't see Mourinho, didn't see Van Gaal, but... The legend that is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer scored the wonderful goal to win the Champions League is the only credentials that he was really ever manager of this football club and why he was manager of the football club for the length of time he was. And so because there was lowering of standards, there was lowering of expectation, eventually that's cost him his job. He said there that he's left the club in a better state than when he found it, has he? Possibly, yeah. Possibly, I think that... I certainly agree with you, Robbie. In a way, he's also treating the club the same way they're treating him, and, and, and that most managers I know wouldn't sit down with the club television and give a really nice interview. Mm. They'd be annoyed, they'd be angry, maybe in due time, mm. but not, not that day. And so maybe there's, maybe there's a sense that it was a bit too much for him, you know, and, and I think you have to understand there's a, there's a human element to this. He, he might have slightly been out of his depth in terms of getting Man United back to the glory days. Better than he found it? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I think this squad is actually quite good. I think the next manager who inherits his squad will have a lot to work with. Mm. A couple things need to get sorted out. Middle and midfield, we always talk about it. But in general terms, yeah. I think you're right as well, because I I think, sorry, Rebecca, that I think he's relieved. Mm -hmm. I think he's gone up against Pep. He's gone up against Tuchel. He's gone up against Klopp. And he's fell well short. And I think he must go home sometimes and and think, he's a human being, Mm -hmm. and think... Not really at the, that level. Mm. And, and the other thing that we have to say is, this man does want the best for Manchester United Football Club. That, that's without doubt in, in something that should be stated. And I almost think he's relieved now that somebody else has a chance to take this on. What can he be proud of tonight? He can be proud that he helped bring a club back together when, after the Jose Mourinho, and there was no joy in the football club. He brought some smiles back, he developed some kids... He leaves a better squad. Yes, more money's been spent than, than he had. 
But the disappointment will be in that period, he never won anything with Beckham. Mm. He got to Euro Europa League final against Villarreal and should have won, got away with that one because of the pandemic. They should have won the game. He's been to semi-finals and not bought the silverware that he was brought in to do. Does he get another job in English football? I tend to think yes. Premier League, no. Um, but I do. I do think there's some, there's some championship clubs out there with the name that he has, albeit I don't think he's done a great job at Manchester United. I think he gets another job, possibly, if he wants it. But, I, again, this may have scarred him. I, I don't know if he really wants to be in that spotlight anymore. This, this could hurt. He's human. I don't think job? he does, Rebecca. Mm. Based on the fact that a legendary goal gets you a job, a legendary goal in a championship club is going to carry no weight. Two weeks after you walk through the door, it's not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it's Gaffer. What do we need to do? And, and I'm not sure he's got the tools, the makeup, possibly even the personality to be that kind of manager that you're going to need in the championship if you want to get out of it. So for those of you who didn't tune in at 7am Eastern this morning when we had a huge conversation about this, it was just after he'd been fired and we talked about the future and Michael Carrick is going to take the Villarreal game and the Chelsea game and then they're going to look for this interim, Tim, this interim after the interim interim until the end of the season mm. and then they're going to go and get their main man. The reports at the moment are stating that Pochettino is the favourite. That's who they want. Mm. Do you think that will be a wise choice, wait till the summer? I hope so. Oh, I hope they get Pochettino at some point in time. This just seems, uh, the timing seems rushed. I don't think they were expecting to, to fire How Solskjaer. How could they not have been expecting? Well, I don't know how or why. They gave him three games to save his job a couple of weeks ago. We knew that that was a fluid situation. It was never going to be three games. This happened. It was a fashion in which they lost against Wofford. They completely imploded. Um, I don't love the interim interim thing. Um, if it's going to be Michael Carrick, give it to him. If I, what, what I think is probably happening is that Michael Carrick gets this week and it gives, it gives United time to sort out financial terms or, or whatever it is for the guy they want to see him to the end of the season. But it, it doesn't feel right. It feels disjointed, I've got to be honest. We're in this position because, let's get it out there, the structure at this football club is not right. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has responsibility with what's happening on the pitch. There are others who have responsibility at this great football club that's not happening off the pitch. And that's the ownership group and that's the people who are run, running the football club. They haven't done a good enough job putting the structures in place, supporting the guy. Yes, you can give them money, but you've got to have a technical director. You've got a scouting system. You've got to have joined up, joined up thinking. Right now, I hope people from Manchester United haven't watched that Spurs game and watched the manager... From half-time onwards, control the game, by the way. He controlled his, his team at half-time. He was out in the technical area. He was pushing people on. He was getting the crowd going. That's what a Category A manager does for you. And Manchester United could have had that guy a few weeks ago. Mm. And they did it. And they talked about giving Ollie a little bit more time. And now they're scrambling again. They do have a technical director. It's Darren Fletcher. They do have a lot of staff who are staying. Kira McKenna mm -hmm. is staying. Michael Carrick, of course, is staying. And others. Mike Phelan is staying as well, just being given a new contract in the summer. I mean, do you think that whenever the new person comes in in the summer, mm. they should clear everybody out and let that new permanent manager bring in his entire structure around him? Should they? Yes. Well, they know. Um, I, I keep saying Pochettino. I, I want Pochettino... For Manchester United, I think he's the one who understands the league. I think he could go say, go get me Harry Kane and bring him in. I can, I can revive whatever's going on with him. He has to have a structure in place. Whoever they hire will know that they have the upper hand in this negotiation here. Mm. They're going to know mm. Manchester United are desperate to bring in the top manager. And if that's Pochettino or, Pochettino or whomever else, I'm hoping, because I don't think the structure will change top to bottom, that they 
give themselves enough power, get guarantees on spending, get guarantees on players, and in terms of how much say they can have, because, no, I don't think the structure is changing immediately. How important is it that the interim manager after the interim interim manager <laughs> yeah. gets top four? Is everything, because uh-huh. the job isn't as attractive without top four football and they don't win the Champions League. There's no Champions League football at Manchester United. It's still a big, great job, but just uh-huh. loses a little bit of its shine without, without Champions League. And I agree with Tim. It's about getting the right guy in, getting the right structure in and starting to build this football club again. It's been eight years since they've won a title and they look no closer to it now than they have since Alex Ferguson left. Well, they made a big decision this morning. They have a couple more to make. The owners of Manchester United looking for a interim and a permanent new manager. Next weekend is split evenly down the middle. Saturday, Sunday, five games apiece. Saturday begins with Arsenal-Newcastle. Then there are three games at 10 o'clock. Then it's Brighton-Leeds on NBC at 12.30. Sunday, four games in that 9 o'clock Eastern window. And Chelsea-Manchester United finishes things off next Sunday. And that is what we're going to talk about now. Because Michael Carrick, put yourself, Robbie, in his shoes Mm. tonight. He's got Villarreal, Champions League Tuesday against Unai Emery. And Thomas Tuchel on Saturday. Mm. Good luck. Good luck. Novice uh, manager, uh, great player, um, but that doesn't really carry over as we've seen with Ollie. He's going to need all the help he can get, Rebecca, because I can tell you, when you stand in front of 24 professionals who all want to play, who all want instruction, who all want direction, mm-hmm. and you're new to this game, this is going to be a really challenging week for, for a young man who probably didn't even think that anything like this was ever going to happen to him. We've seen the way that the Manchester United hierarchy deal with the management situation. What if he wins the next two games? Do you think Carrick's in for the chance? For the interim, post-interim interim? One, no. Two, he won't win the next two games. It's, it's, <laughs> He'll get a statue if he wins. It? <laughs> it's, such, it's such a hard test. It's an impossible question to answer. I don't want to answer it because here's the thing. As, no, as Robbie, as Robbie said, he has to come up with a new idea that isn't Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's, right? Because that's who he's worked under. So he has to come up with a new idea, a new manager. I played for an interim manager. Basically comes on the training ground the first day and gives us one or two things to focus on. Doesn't overhaul the game plan, just says focus on the... So he's got to give them some, particularly against Chelsea, by the way. Mm. He has to say we have to figure out one way to stop them and give them at least a focal point to get out the door because, as he said, he's talking to a bunch of guys who know he's not going to be in the job. Tuesday's massive, though. Tuesday is is everything in the back of it. I mean, prize money and and the prestige of being in that competition is huge for that football club. Welcome to this week's edition of The Lowdown, presented by Lexus, and it is not your normal lowdown. (laughs) Out are going the questions. In is coming an emergency Manchester United lowdown. No questions. (laughs) Simply, let's talk about it. Robbie, you're going to hit me after the firing of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. What's your first my first question is, and it's the question that you've been asking me for about the last 18 months as Ollie the man, was Ollie ever in a position to succeed? Was the structure behind him giving him a chance, or is this more down on Ollie's shoulders? Uh, it's on Ollie for me. I mean, I know that the structure of the club, and we've talked about it mm. plenty over the course of this weekend, I know the structure isn't right, and you guys educate mm. me more than anyone about how a club should look behind the scenes. Mm. But when it comes down to it, and you said it today, Rob, he scored one goal. I mean, he scored a lot of goals, but he yeah. scored one iconic goal. Maybe the most iconic mm-hmm. goal that's ever been scored in the history of Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And because of that one goal in that one second <laughs> in 1999, he got three years mm-hmm. as the manager of Manchester United. So for me, he was never up to the job. I have to say, I'm sure I've said that on the lowdown mm-hmm. a number of times. Mm-hmm. From day one, he was the interim. He should have stayed the interim. And in fact, interim is the word of the weekend <laughs> because they are going interim, 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 interim. 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 
It's funny. I want to move the conversation forward, but you nailed it. Carrick's the interim. There's going to be another interim. Yeah. And then there's apparently going to be the main man. So what's next for Manchester United? Well, I don't think it's definite that Carrick only gets two games because I'm not sure that the club know exactly mm. the timeline of this. They seem to be being blindsided mm-hmm. by firing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm. I think that the main man's going to take care of himself. Yeah. I think that's going to be a Pochettino or... Mm. Brendan Rodgers, or it's going to be somebody, maybe they'll go try and get Conte out of Ten Hag, Conte out of Spurs, if there's a little uh, way into the contract. Um, That's going to be fine. It's that the interim manager between Carrick and the main man. (laughs) Who on earth are they going to get? Who? I mean, lots of people are going to want the job, I suppose, but it's not... It's tough because they've got to succeed. They've Mm. got to try and get them into the top four to allow the main man something to build on next summer. So, I... You're going to look at maybe a name that's been around. You mentioned Carlos Quiros today. Um, Laurent Blanc. Laurent Blanc. I mean, not Avram Grant, but like an Avram (laughs) Grant that used to keep coming back to Chelsea Mm. to kind of tide everybody over. So, yeah, somebody like that. You know, maybe a maybe a Sir Alex Ferguson and Ronaldo combo. <laughs> I mean, maybe that could go. Sean Cheeky. May. Cheeky, Cheeky, indeed. You wanted to ask me as well I about... I wanted to what... ask you about a situation we saw today yeah. where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gave an interview to the Manchester United fans on Manchester United TV after his sacking. Mm. How did you feel about that and did it do its job? Well, it didn't sit well with me at all. First of all, it's not just for the Man United fans. It may be on MUTV, but that mm-hmm. goes around the world. We showed it on our show. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. I think it's a bit odd. I think he's been treated differently from every other manager. It's, dare I say, it was almost slightly a charity case at mm. the end. Like, mm. it was, please put the guy out of his misery, but then we'll let him do a little interview where he can remind everybody how much he loves the club. Mm-hmm. But this is bigger than that. This is, mm. this is a business. This is Manchester United. This isn't to do with emotions. This shouldn't be a sentimental situation. But I'm not surprised mm. because they've been sentimental for three years now. Yeah. This manager should never have taken them past their mm. first interim um, section of time that he did a fairly decent job in. But they were just, I don't know... Roman- they romanticised the yeah. whole thing and they mm-hmm. so desperately wanted it to work and they left it far too long. So my moment of the week, presented by Lexus, mm-hmm. was the moment that Harry Maguire got sent off on Saturday because this was, this is the second yellow. And this for me was the moment I personally inside thought it's got to go. I mean, he has to go. The captain of Manchester United cannot play the ball out the back. He has to lunge in because he has touches so bad. He gets sent off with a, a tap from his manager. That for me, the going off of the captain mm-hmm of Manchester United was the moment, forget the four goals and the couple of missed penalties, that for me was the moment it was all over Mm. for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So that was your passionate Mm. Manchester United lowdown presented by Lexus. Goodbye, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Don't forget, plenty available for you on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, as always, Inside the Mind. Premier League update, where you can get all the goals, the two Robbies podcast, the tactics session, and, of course, the lowdown. And we will see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.